I'm here with Matt Dowd, and we are going to be looking at the idea or talking about the idea of what a tiller is. And I had Matt to do this because Matt is a tiller in that typing system. And I just wanted to get your thoughts, Matt, on how you view yourself as a tiller. What does that mean? Hmm. Good question. Yeah, well, so when I first realized that about myself, um, the first thought that came to my mind was just someone who kind of probes, you know, kind of asks questions uh, or tries to provide a different perspective um, for someone. So if I'm sitting with someone talking in there telling me about what's going on in their lives, like I was a financial advisor before. And so a lot of these conversations had to do with people's money and how they, but for me, it was always about how they thought about their money. So, and when I started thinking about being a tiller, that was the first way that it, I remembered it playing out or I thought back and I was like, this is how this has played out for me in the past is helping people think differently about, in that case, their money. But I think in, in general, anything. So what you're saying is you become this uh, positively disruptive force <laughs> that strikes some perhaps hardened soil in their life. Right. And, and turns it. Yeah. It would kind of break, yeah, breaking up with something that's, yeah, if you had, uh, had like a top crust, if you're thinking of the, you yeah, the soil analogy, if it kind of gets dried out and hardened, especially on the top, but potentially underneath there's some fertile ground, it's breaking that shell, that crust up to get down to the stuff where something could germinate and grow. Yeah, and, and you say positively, and that is true when done at the right time in the right way. <laughs> there is a flip side, you know, that right. it can be negative if it's too harsh or in the wrong timing or they're not ready to receive it or it's too pointed or it can be critical or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's not done with love but yeah, in the intent. Is, right, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so can you give an example of how you've been able to, other than the the general idea where you would talk to people about their finances. Can you mm -hmm. give an example where you're able to speak this into a person's life and what changes can come about from it? Like a specific example? Sure. And you don't have to use names, of sure. course. But yeah. Um, man, uh, there, there are lots because it's kind of what I do no matter what I do. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's just in me. Let me think of a – see if I can think of a time – Hmm. Um, it's a little early. I'm drawing a, kind of drawing a blank. Okay, okay that's fine. <laughs> One will pop in my head here, I'm sure. Well, perhaps so if can... we can think of this a little different. What role or what um, type, why do people need somebody like you in mm. their life? Yeah. Um, because of blind spots, you know. Um, I think that we, all of us, and I would include myself in this, we tend not always to be aware of what we actually believe. And we have, um, we have things we've learned and things we say we believe, but we don't necessarily live that out. So our actions in our behaviors and actions actually tell a different story from like our words. <laughs> so we'll say we believe one thing, but then we'll do something. We'll be acting, living a different way. And, um, that usually causes some kind of difficulty, like stress. 
because we're not really being authentic. It creates a conflict. <clears throat> right. A cognitive dissonance, yeah. you know, is the term, I think, where we, we're sort of projecting one thing, but really deep down we're believing something else. And so I can help people by helping them self-discover that when I'm doing it well. You know, I'm not just telling them you're wrong, look at this. It's more like asking questions and getting them to open up a little bit and look in the mirror or look internally and see, you know, what's going on in there. So that's in a really important role that a lot of us don't think about, we don't consider. Having that person who influences our life in such a way that they can be, that um, they can come in and they can speak truth into our own contradictions or perhaps, well, this is, mm -hmm. perhaps think of it this way. Um, contradictions always create conflict. The greater the level of conflict, the greater level of potential destruction from it. But conflict also clarifies. It, it shows us that contrast. And what you're able to do mm -hmm. is that hard cooked surface on the top where there could be rich soil, you can disrupt that soil, turn it, and then allow something new to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's that contradiction where they think one thing when they're, they're really made a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the conflict thing is tough because people tend to shy away from it, you know, and sometimes it's exactly what's needed, you know, is a little bit of like friction or that, you know, with the tiller analogy, it's, it's a sharp metal tool that digs into soil. <laughs> but if you're thinking of it in terms of a person, like our spirit or soul or mind or whatever, then that can be a little painful. It can definitely be a little uncomfortable. You know, think we just came from Thanksgiving. <laughs> think about all the family, you know, drama and strife that people experience. And a lot of times the holidays sort of brings that out. So you have all these yeah. different ways that people deal with right, that, right. you know, and a lot of times it's to just sort of like try to smooth it over and, and stay surface level, you know, and that's, that's okay. It makes for like a more pleasant time, but it doesn't promote any healing or any like actually getting, working through any issue, right? Yeah. So it's like at, at the right place in time, not around the Thanksgiving dinner table is probably not the right place in time. <laughs> That's when things tend to blow up if, it, you know, if somebody starts digging. But wouldn't it be great, and I know we've experienced this in my family a little bit, and I've been kind of a catalyst in this, is like actually sitting down and working through some of our longstanding patterns and issues, you know, the right. ways we communicate and interact and stuff like that, that, that it took, you know, it was not, you know, it took a little bit of like, you have to grit your teeth and kind of like, okay, we're going to do this, <laughs> right? you know, but digging into it actually is really helpful in the long run. So those people who may be listening to this, who that is their nature, but mm -hmm. they're afraid of it or they've abused that ability in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. You know, rather like than, they're sort of like me, like they're able to. Yeah. Yeah. They're a tiller. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some effective steps that you've had to institute in your life to refine some of those skills and make it yeah. cleaner? Sure. You know, make it more um, uh, finesse it a bit. Yeah. Um, number one, I think, is being in a really healthy place myself and being an emotionally stable um, place. So not not reacting and um, not coming at it from a place of like where I'm personally, you know, triggered or, you know, or an old wound of mine is being brought back to the surface and I'm just reacting out of that. 
because then what tends to happen is when I intend to be expressing myself about how something's affecting me, it tends to come out sounding like I'm turning it around and criticizing the other person for how they're acting. Sure. And that's just makes them defensive and it like continues the cycle of you do this and you know, like the back and forth that's not productive. So step one is to deal with anything internally myself so that when I talk to somebody else, I'm basically at peace. Like I don't have any inner conflict myself, right? So if I can accomplish that, that's big. And then the next thing would be paying attention to, and this has been something that's been a struggle for me totally, but paying attention to where they are at emotionally to make sure that they're at a place where they're ready to receive something from you. Because if they're kind of um, what's elevated emotionally or you know triggered themselves, then anything you say is going to be it's gonna not come taken as, well, you know, right. most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So just kind of paying attention to your environment, you know, knowing yourself and knowing the other person. That's kind of the the first couple big ones. Okay. Uh, can you think of any people in literature or history hmm. that you would consider a tiller? Hmm. Um, or even movies. Yeah. Let's see. Like Mark Twain comes to mind for some reason, you okay. know, um, not that I've even read that much, but just, you know, his quotes and stuff that you see. Um, there's a bunch of Einstein quotes that I love. Um, one is the one about, uh, a problem cannot be solved at the same level of consciousness on which it occurs. Meaning, which what, that means to me is that you just have to step out of your own situation if you want to address a problem. Like you can't just be in it. And I think that's what we do. Like we're in it and we try to like see it from the perspective that we're in and we try to fight this fight. And it's like, <laughs> we're not gonna really accomplish anything because we're, uh, we're mired down in it. I think of um, a traffic analogy. Like if you're sitting in your car and you're in gridlock traffic like, how would you know, you know, and we're changing lanes every five seconds trying to find the fastest way. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't really have enough information or the right perspective to make an effective decision. But then the guy flying overhead in the traffic helicopter, you know, he can see the whole lay of the land. He's got the right perspective. Yeah, he's got the right perspective. He, if you had a radio to him, he would be like, oh, yeah, take this exit and make a left or whatever. And, you know, he could guide you through it. It's all about our perspective. So... If people want to, or do you know of any resources or uh, things that people could tap into to learn more about what it means to be a tiller? Have you ever hmm. done any independent study on this, or is it more self-discovery? Yeah, it's been mostly self-discovery. I mean, yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't. I mean, I've looked into what a tiller is in the you know in the traditional sense, like the farming sense. You know the gardening, cultivating, just to like brush up on the analogy. Um, I don't know if I've done any, a lot of specific study on it. Okay. You know. Sure. Like, again, this is probably things that will come back to me later. <laughs> it's okay. Like. I'm getting you early after you yeah. just got off a plane from yeah. San Diego. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. you just got your adjustment. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a. A whole new These, thing. Yeah, my brain. Yeah. These are good questions. I like, and actually, things that makes me want to look into it a little more. Well, 
Um, thank you for this insight because I think a lot of people shy away from this idea mm. or they approach it with a sledgehammer. Um, and I think there's a real graceful way of bringing this into your life. Bring, if mm-hmm. it's part of who you are, um, to allow this to come out and manifest and flourish yeah. and be used um, in a more surgical way yeah. than this gross just run through acres of people all at once. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you some, something else real quick that just popped in my head. If you want an example, another person would be Tim Ferriss, the okay. four-hour work week. Yeah. And right at the beginning of his book, he's talking about as a kid, you know, um, some, he got a job and they t- the guy's, you know, I don't know, sweeping the back of a fast food restaurant or something like that. And, you know, they trained him how to do his job. And then he figured out a way to do it in one eighth of the time. So he did his job really well, you know, as far as the tasks that were assigned to him. And then spent the other seven hours or whatever just reading comic books or something, and he got fired. (laughs) You know, instead of, I don't know, he just didn't apply it, you know, as well as he could have. But at the same time, he improved something, you know, that was given to him to do by questioning it, basically. Okay. Got it. You know, and he does that throughout his his books. He's kind of a questioner. And and I think that's something that... um, tillers have an amazing ability to do mm-hmm. is they can question a person about why they do what they do. Right. They can question a person's behavior and their why. And if they do it right, it's well received. Right. It can be. Yeah. 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 Best case scenario for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and other times it can be a toxic explosion. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuclear yeah. warfare occurring <laughs> right. in a relationship. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for joining me for this. And I know that those who listen are going to get a lot out of it. (laughs)